Hello, John. Hello, everybody. How how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing okay. Uh, could be better. Could have gotten more yeah. sleep. Could have gotten better news about voice actors in media. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking, I, I we we, we I, let's, I, like not to pretend that we weren't just talking about this before we started recording, but like, I it, I don't know how hard is it to like be a be a popular figure in media and go to cons and stuff and not be a weirdo like yeah, come it, on it keeps happening it, it it's it, it shouldn't it keep is, happening but it keeps happening <laughs> i don't know how many people know this but it's spectacularly easy to like not take advantage of people and like not be a creep yeah and not like cheat on your significant it's it's really easy to not do all those things yeah <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, I, I hate waking up to news like that. Um, ugh, ugh. Uh, aside, aside from depressing news, uh, how, how have you, how are you doing? Um, I mean, I mean, some, some, there was also some good news that came out today. Uh, the, uh, the release date of Hive Swap Act 2 is, is going to be revealed tomorrow. Oh, shit. Via a, a new gameplay trailer. That's gonna be dropped tomorrow. Was in the uh, day that this the day the drops. day that this the, the yeah uh, uh, okay listeners if you're listening day of uh, check out check out the trailer that's dropping at at 7 p.m. Eastern Eastern Standard Time uh, on no November 16th if if you're not listening on November 16th uh, ch- check out that old trailer check out that old trailer I I'm sure it's great and I. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, somebody sent. I saw somebody sent the the announcement to us on Twitter. Um, I was like going through all this on my phone rapid fire, so I didn't respond to it. But like, shout out for sending that to us. That's cool. Um, fucking yeah, that's cool. Uh, Hive Swap being a real thing is always good news. Yeah, I, I I just can't wait for it to come out. I hope I hope that they're gonna like pull a fast one and be like release date now, and and then I will be able to play it tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, because I don't like always, waiting. Uh, but I understand if I have to wait. Kind of thing. Yeah, <sighs> it, that's like a, that's like the th- like Nintendo's been popularizing it recently. I think with like the Smash DLC and stuff. But like at the same time, I don't know if it's the healthiest uh, thing for a development product release cycle ever. It's not healthy, but I think I prefer it. I don't. I really don't like waiting for things. And uh, mm. one of the more fortunate things to come out of covid completely wrecking the world is that uh a lot more things have been like announced like really soon before they come out like particularly with uh, some some nintendo games like uh things that probably would have been announced like at like e3 uh they've been getting announced like maybe like a month before they come out yeah, it's also nice, like, with Nintendo, where they're gonna just announce everything on their own time, and so, like, they're not gonna go up on stage at E3 and be like, hey, the, the first Fire Emblem game can now be played in English. <laughs> Clap, everybody. For, for a limited you have time. Three, you have three months to buy it. <laughs> this really old piece of shit game. <laughs> so true. I'm allowed to say that because I like Fire Emblem. The first Fire Emblem game is uh, absolute booty cheeks. Uh... <laughs> 
It's old. It is an old fucking RPG. I don't know if you've ever tried to play, like, any RPG from the NES era, but, like, man, the, the quality of life was not invented uh, when that console was a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, blah, blah, blah. do we have anything else to blabber about before we go into the Um, hmm. Not really. I, I could get into my my cold quesadilla that I ate before we recorded. But... Oh yeah, yeah, and you fucking and I uh, and I pinned it on you the the fact that it was cold, because uh, somebody <laughs> somebody had to had to make too much spaghetti. I went and I made too much spaghetti, um, and I didn't eat all of it. Now I feel bad because I didn't eat all my spaghetti. But I all we have left is like macaroni, and I was like, okay, I guess gonna have macaroni and tomato sauce, which is weird, but not too weird. But like, yeah. I made I put too much of it in because it's really hard to gauge like how much macaroni you're making, and I made like probably two to three times as much as anybody has any right eating. Ah, um, hey and, man. I, and, it, and I think I boiled it too long, so it was like kind of soggy, oh. and it was just a thoroughly unpleasant experience. Do you not do you not check your pasta while you're while you're boiling it? Eduardo Eduardo was also making get macaroni on the stovetop at the same time, but he was making like Andy's mac and cheese, oh. and so it it was a it was a delicate dance of uh of getting around and navigating it, and, and it just ended up sitting a little bit too long. Okay, that's understandable. I made some pasta yesterday, and I put a little bit too much water in it. It, it kind of scared me. Uh, I, I thought I was about to have a have a boil over situation. It was it was dangerously close to the top of the pot, and. It, I, I don't know what to do in that scenario. I usually just let it happen. And, and get bo- boiling water all over the kitchen floor? What? Well, so, is, is it going to melt the floor? It'll melt my feet. It's just water. I mean, yeah, I guess you just, you just walk away from the stove. But the, stand like a, but stand the, like a foot back and wait for it to be done. Whatever. I just kind of let these things happen. I, I have a very <laughs> passive approach to many things in life. <laughs> Uh, and if my spaghetti boils over, then I just, I, yeah. Uh, this is what everyone comes to listen to us for. Um, but, uh, I, I think that we should move on to the Homestuck part, if you don't mind. Sure! Let's move on to the Homestuck <laughs> part. The, the thing that this podcast is dedicated to here on a, here Technically, on a Homestuck yeah. podcast. Um, we have, we got kind of a short reading today. Um, it's got some good content in it, uh, but it's, it's like 80, 83 pages. Yeah. Um, it dipped up for a good reason, but, uh, yeah, let's get into it, I guess. Hell yes. Alright, so, uh, if we recall last time, we, we left off on the glorious Flash, Behold Zilly Who. Uh, Great Flash. John gets his, gets his crazy new hand, clown hammer, it looks awesome, um... And uh, we had the funny little flash about it. Kind of a iconic hammer. I, I think it's like the go-to hammer for people who cosplay John, because yeah. I've seen lots of cosplayers use it as the as the as the hammer, the hammer. I remember seeing seeing lots of cosplay builds of this thing back in the day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, so cool, cool new hammer. Um, John John wonders what else uh could. Liv Tyler's eye beams to be applied for, um, but doesn't have much time to wonder because WV eats <laughs> the hugeify eye off of uh, off the bunny, which is just classic WV behavior. Honestly, how convenient that nothing can be hugeified ever again. 
Yeah. It, it, it actually makes me wonder, because I don't know, I feel like that happens to prevent, like, a, like, something later, some, like, readers being like, hmm, why wasn't this hugeified? Uh, but I can't think of anything. It, um, we've talked about, they talked about last, last reading, um, using the, the quills from Jade, question marks, Denizen, to scratch the, the Beat Mesa. Right. Um... So maybe this is like a oh no they can't do that anymore like twist but like I don't know things really ever resolve as planned in Homestuck so true true I don't think anyone's too torn up about it um besides besides the bunny herself she's pretty she's throwing a bit of a fit about it but she gets a cool um, cool eye patch yeah <laughs> punished Liv Tyler oh my god <laughs> um. John John hoods up in preparation to lead. I, I this is like a this is like one of those weird panels that feels really out of out of place in modern day. I feel like yeah, it's like I don't the the thing I want to compare it to was Death Note, which is weird because I've never <laughs> read or watched Death Note. But I look at this and I'm like, this is like the kind of thing that is cool at the same time that Death Note is cool, like. John is a dork. John is a dumb, fun, dumb character. And I mean that in the most endearing way possible. This, yeah. It just feels so out of place. Yeah, it does. Um, but n- nonetheless, uh, he puts his leadership hat on um, and uh, f- figures out, f- hatches a plan. Uh, so first, Liv Tyler gets the, the little eye patch out of clubs uh, or the courtyard drolls uh, club insignia. Uh, it looks very cute. Um, he shrinks down, or he has Liv shrink down uh, a big Dursite battleship to to pilot. Um, and he sends the three, uh, uh, he sends the crew of the, the, the uh, the three mismatched, uh, young hooligans on their way to take the tumor back to, to Durs. Um... I believe, yes, to get to Rose's dream self. Yeah. Um, in the process of this, uh, bequeathing the wallet to WV, forgetting that the only computer that he has is in there. Unfortunate. Classic blunder. John keeps doing the, the, the no computer thing. <laughs> Oopsie. Um... And a- as the three are flying away in their ship, um... John's computer receives a message from from Jade, uh, just expressing uh, worried about Rose. Um, and man, I hope I don't have to be the one to tell another one of my friends about their dead parent. Sad face, which is a reminder that John still has not learned of Dad's fate. Man, man, it's gonna happen in a minute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, a reminder that John does not know what's going on with Rose yet. But yeah, uh, classic blunder. Um, love, love thirty six ninety. Uh, great, great illustration here. Classic panel used in a lot of reaction images and memes. A lot of old memes for sure. Um, it, it's funny because to me this like we had a whole act of just uh Looney Tunes shenanigans, and this feels like the most overtly Looney Tunes thing. That has happened in this comic just for the sake of like dramatic irony. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, uh, thankfully, uh, the John will be made aware of Rose's condition shortly because Rose has made herself very, very her presence very known on the battlefield. Um, sees this big, uh, dark tendrily cloud with purple lightning, and uh, aptly aptly uh, describes this grim dark in his head. So true. Um, so true. So true. I, I like that one of John's first thoughts on seeing this is maybe dad is over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, <laughs> ah, poor John. Um, as John departs into the, into the darkness, uh, he also receives a message from, or his computer receives a message. No, 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 no Yeah. Rose receives a message from. Yeah. Rose Vriska. receives a message from Vriska. Um, addressed to john saying uh hey um good luck uh great job leaving your computer behind um I'm, i have to message you through rose because it's the only way this will get to you uh talk to you soon but yeah um i i i think it's interesting that the it seems like the whole grim dark thing itself cuts off the troll's vision like it fucks with causality or something cool yeah. i don't know yeah it, it yeah, there's some interfering factor that prevents the Trollian timeline viewer from seeing it. But yeah, do we get a a a, a walk around flash that I completely forgot existed? Oh, how could you forget about this? I don't know. Um, like I remembered the the whole first bit. Uh, the like the the cutscene before Rose lands. Yeah, or like her landing. Um, but I, I forgot that there was a walk-around attached to it. Maybe when I, maybe, like, maybe this was broken for me somehow, or maybe, like, I, I've just forgotten most things between Act 5, Act 1, and Cascade, but I, this was a pleasant surprise, I guess. Um, so yeah, we get Seared Descend. Uh, so, so now that we have the, the official collection, or the unofficial collection, have you been actually playing these again? No, I'm still choosing to do the the Viz route just to see what it's like for like people who aren't aware of the collection existing and and mm -hmm. just default to to the website. Cool. So yeah, yeah, I did not I did not walk around. I I watched another YouTube video. <laughs> oh my god! All right, well do you want do you want to uh, describe what happened in the YouTube video for our fans? Sure. Uh, so, uh, Rose descends. Uh, and, and she descends di basically directly upon the, the bodies of mom and dad. Uh, poor mom and dad. They're, it's so sad just seeing their pixel corpses just laying there. Uh, but Rose goes on her way to, to search for Jack. Uh, she descends some more and, uh, she gets to a room where there's a lot of bookcases, and to my surprise, the person playing the game actually went around and, like, inspected the bookcases. Uh, seemed out of character for whoever has been has been playing these, because they haven't done done that in the past. They, tend to, they, <laughs> they tended to just default to, like, doing the objective or, like, just talking to people. But... There's a lot of humor in the bookcases, the, I gotta say. There is a lot of humor, uh, but... I think one of the more notable things is there, there there's some like interesting world building for like how the game like 
kind of evolves and and adjusts to to like the players who are playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I I mean it's implied that like all of these books are written by Prospitnians, however you say that word. People from Prospit. I just said I just said Carapacians. Carapacians. I don't think. Well, I mean I I don't think Dursites will have written these books because uh it's it's implied that like most of the knowledge that they write about in these books is well it's not implied i think it basically says it at some point that it's it's coming from the clouds of skya and and we we it really lets you see like how like literature is molded by the visions of skya uh like the there was one book that like tells like a fairy tale about the tumor uh there's a lot of talk about like the number four being a sacred truth. Like there, there will always be four. It's just four. Um, uh, one notable quote was uh, it, it, it mentions that like everything that happens in the game is, is like so that the kids can cross the yellow yard and, and through broken glass, they will find uh, the pond in which uh the frog is meant to squat in so so like the game and everyone in the game knows that like they need to leave the session the there is no success in the session and like everyone there knows it yeah that that stuck out to me especially knowing that the name of act six act one is through broken glass yeah um spoilers but yeah that that stuck to me a lot Um, um uh also, the person playing went around and, like, opened the chests, which they didn't do in the past. Uh, whoa. Whoa. It, it was scary. <laughs> big steps. Big steps for, for, for Fizz Media. Um, but basically, all the chests contain trophies, which are just things that Jack has collected from from uh, the Guardians that he has, uh-huh. he has unfortunately killed. Um, there, <laughs> there, was a, there was a bookcase that had some White Queen smut. And... Uh, oh, yeah. I <laughs> that felt especially notable because of our track record talking about the queens, uh, particularly the black queen. <laughs> but the white queen, she's good too. Uh, I, I'm glad to know that like someone on Skya is is just as appreciative of 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 the queen. Her shapely figure. Her shapely figure. <laughs> Um, uh, did we, did, uh, well, I, didn't, uh, we choose that, uh, um, what was it, the Descend, uh, the episode that had Descend, the, the thumbnail we used was, like, the, the shot of her from behind, yeah. where she has, like, a wasp waist and a big ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Throw back to that, by the way. Man. I stand by it. Uh, I think, I think another one of, well, one of the, one of the more notable jokes is, uh, when, when you inspect the, like, the flags that are hanging that like represent the kids. There's like yeah. these hyper serious, like kind of mysterious, like phrases for each kid, and then it gets to Dave's, uh, and it's just it's it's Snoop Dogg lyrics. Yeah, it says like the 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 night of time will rise, uh, when the pimps in the crib to drop it like yeah, it's hot or yeah. something. Good 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 uh, bit good bit. Yeah, it, it's weird to me, like, this is all really good stuff, and I appreciate all of it a lot, but it, it just comes at such a weird time. Yeah, it, it does. Um, um it, it, go, keep going, keep going, go ahead. Okay, uh, after some more inspecting and some more, some more book bits, uh, a, a secret, 
staircase door whatever is revealed to be behind one of the bookcases and uh rose goes inside and there's a bunch of chess guys hiding uh they are all very afraid because they're all hiding from from jack um there's there's also one person there who is like basically in love with wv because of like the story of him rising up and and like starting a rebellion which i thought was really funny because yeah, he's the, just the, a little the, dude <laughs> the little detail of wv being a folk hero was really interesting to me yeah um and there's also a comment i think uh about like how much how bad must it suck to be one of these chess guys and like all of your your um your folk tales and stuff like are ultimately rooted in futility because part of the legend of wv i think is that the the the, the uprising fails yeah so even before it happens, everyone knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Rose leaves the room uh, th- through a back door. Uh, and after some more walking, she comes to another room and she just misses Jack. He, he teleports away. Mm-hmm. Um, and she comes across this hallway uh, with, a bu- with a bunch of curtains. Uh, uh, going through the curtains, uh, the sequence of curtains are four red, one blue, one red and then yes. and then the beat mesa which which takes her to another series of, of curtains which are six yes. green ones followed by a giant white like uh basically like like the spirograph thing mm-hmm. um which th- if you've been paying attention to like the curtains that that happen uh with with every act this is basically Hussey just saying, "Here, here's the plan for the layout for the rest of the comic." Uh, he ba- he basically just tells you right here that that Act Six is going to be is going to have six sub acts. Uh, it's 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 pretty in your face about it if if you've been paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any thoughts on that? <laughs> I as. When I went through, like, the second red curtain, I'm like, hang on, I'm gonna count these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and when I, got, when I got to the blue one, I'm like, alright, that's pretty dope. And I was like, alright, what's the next, what's gonna be after the teleporter? Um, and it's like, oh, we got the six green ones. Okay, I see how it is. It, it was a really cool uh, little Easter egg. Yeah. Um, that was pretty awesome. Um, and after these sequence of curtains, John's there. John John yeah. John found the back door to the castle. Uh uh they have a little conversation which is basically one-sided because Rose now speaks completely in in like uh uh void god language gibberish. Yeah. Um John basically starts talking to Rose like a dog kind kind of like T- Timmy fell in the well. <laughs> where, where where's he at? Uh uh and rose uh leads john back uh there's a lot of backtracking and after a certain point uh hang on what uh um forgive me uh did the did the person playing go through the door in the back that john came through yes they did and there was a there was a gold statue uh, of the 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 white king and queen do they inspect that and get the weird little nauseating bit of dialogue? I can't remember. <laughs> the if you go in and you inspect that, um, the dialogue box that comes up says like, 
They make such a cute couple, uh, and so do the the white king and queen. And I was like, no, no, what are you talking about? No. Um, I, I don't even think we have to exp- like. Not a John Rose fan personally. Really, just a. There's better characters to pair both of those characters with, and there's really not yeah, much, the, yeah. much chemistry in the story anyway. Uh. It just threw me for a loop seeing it. If any listeners out there are avid John Rose likers, I hate to tell you, it's not happening. It's it's never gonna happen. <laughs> not like a hater specifically, yeah, by yeah, the way. Like, yeah. A, 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 like, I don't know if if you're like an Equius Aradia kind of person, like I will meet you in the church parking lot <laughs> um, after school. Uh, John Rose is just a weirdly, it just, it's just a weird one to me, um, and being like a very boring pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, a tangent aside, it, it just, just weird to show this. I want, I, I'm, I am eagerly awaiting whenever this gets put into print and I can see what Hussey has to say about this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so, sorry to interrupt. No, it's, uh, it's continue. good. It's good. Um, so they backtrack. And uh, as they backtrack, uh, you, you see that, that Jack has, has also started backtracking. Uh, yes. He found his way back to the, to the room of people who were hiding, uh, who are all unfortunately dead now. Fucked up. So fucked up. Um, backtrack some more back into the room where, where all the books were. Uh, Jack's basically like gone apeshit. He, he, he tore up all the banners except for Jade's. Uh, the, the, the back part of him still holding him back. Um, and they, they ascend, uh, they keep ascending. J- John starts getting nervous cause there's like blood everywhere. It's kind of gruesome. It's kind of fucked up. Uh, and, and the flash ends with them getting to the top. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me, let me, let me trace back all the way here. Uh, let's see. Um, weird little detail, uh, at the start of it, um, that got weird to me as I went through it. So, it, uh, when you first land in the Flash, um, and you're, you're, you're Rose, and you're just on that, like, the scene of the recent murder. Yeah. Um, you can't, like, inspect anything there. Uh, any, anytime you, like, go up and you inspect something, it just says, um, like, no sign of Jack here, better gonna move on, or something like that. Um, and I found that really interesting from, like, a game design kind of perspective, that you can inspect Mom's corpse and Rose just has no reaction to it. Yeah. It's, um, it's almost definitely intentional. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, maybe this is, like, neglect, but then as I went on through it and I saw, like, okay, so every bookshelf has its own little bit of, like, humor jammed into it. Yeah. There's, like, all this random stuff you can inspect. I was like, okay, like, th- there's some level of deliberation there that, uh, Rose is more, like, from yeah. Rose's POV, she's more invested in just finding Jack and, like, taking out her anger than she is grieving for mom, I think. Which is an interesting, if it's an, it, it's, it's, it's always hard, because this is the kind of thing that could show up as a product of neglect or as a, as a good bit of, like, uh, like ahead of its time game design POV stuff. Um, but I want to believe that it's the latter because it is a good character bit. If that's the, if that is the thinking behind it. Um, so there's that detail. 
Um, what else? Uh, the little conversation uh, between conversation between John and Rose, um, like when they're ascending back up the stairs, is like borders on a little bit weird for me. Yeah. Um, the it 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 gets a like. John brings up the he's like, oh, Karka thinks we should get married someday, and it's like, uh, the eh, eh, it, it feels out of character almost. Um, it it's just, it's, I don't know it, I don't know how to feel about it. Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind, I kind of interpret it as just like the awkwardness of like. John doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, he, he just pulled up to, to this giant cloud over this castle, and, like, Rose is all fucked up looking and speaking gibberish, and it's technically their first time meeting, and, mm-hmm. and like, chess, dead chess guys are all over the place. It, it, it It's just, like, a really awkward situation, and I... It just kind of comes off as like John kind of like floundering, just not knowing what's what's going on. Any way to break the ice? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can see that. Uh. It. I was in. I was like still recovering from the little comment in the in the room with the the statues. So I was just like, "What's going on? <laughs> this has got to stop. I don't like this." But yeah. Um. Hopefully we're not going into a big uh, failed John Rose arc because that would suck. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, not immediately anyway because we have another flash uh, right back to back. There's a lot of flash pages in this reading. Yes. Um, but uh, this one doesn't have a name. Um, it's just uh, John and Rose uh, reach the the the, uh, the top of the castle again, and uh, Jack is there. Um, they kind of have a brief standoff with Jack. John f- sees his dad's fate and seems crestfallen, uh, but doesn't really have much time to mourn because there's there's bigger fish to fry at the moment. Uh, yeah. they, 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 they set up the standoff. Uh, the, epi- the, the music starts cranking up. It's all epic. And then Jack just kind of stabs John and kills him. Damn. And then Rose blows everything up. Damn. Yeah. Roll credits. Comics over. <laughs> yeah. Um. Th- thankfully, we have that little bit of info f- uh, we got from Scratch last time about uh God Tears, not uh, God Tears not uh dying, not having a final death until uh, it's either heroic or just, and this is just kind of anticlimactic. So I think that I think yeah. that we can assume that John is fine here. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, Rose. Rose blows everything up, um, and uh, fate unknown at this point. So, so moving on, uh, we switch to Dave, um, at some point, um, and it looks like we're finally gonna get, uh, some kind of proper Dave processing bro's death moment here. Yeah. Um, when it's, this this moment's been kind of beaten around the bush. Yeah. Because uh, uh, when we first saw uh, Dave talk about Bro's death, it was it was future Dave, which is assumed to assumed to be this Dave uh, as we stand. Uh, and he had already he had already found out he had already 
talked about processing it. Uh, and the other time was with uh, Doom Dave, who who saw this moment and and was you know kind of weird about it. Yeah. But here we are. It's the moment. Yeah. Um. This is. I, I think. Yeah. This is the. Uh. It's revealed shortly through the conversation that I. This is the. Um. This is shortly before. Uh, Terezi has her conversation with Dave that will split off the Dave that fails to kill Doom Dave and Doom Dave who fails to go God tier. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is the moment. Um, and sadly, it's cut kind of short by Terezi harassing Dave, um, who apparently just, uh, demanded a moment, of, a moment to himself to, to be alone with the scene of the crime. Um, Dave is, like, actually mad at Terezi here, which I like, it... It, yeah, Dave is showing a lot. Not that I like it when they fight, um, because it's a great character dynamic. But I, I like it because it's different, and I like Dave showing emotion. Um, and he's getting as close to doing it as as we've seen in a while here. I think. Um, he's he, he tries. He 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 does many things. He goes between irony and trying to deflect. Uh, from actually caring about Bro's death uh, when Terezi uh, confronts him about it. Um, but, it, like, at, at the end of the day, he's getting really pissed off at her for trying to talk to him right now. Yeah. Um, the... <laughs> he's, not very good at, he's not very good at not giving the game away. Um, but, yeah. Uh... There's a really good... I think that this pester log really defines Dave in a lot of people's eyes. Specifically, the line here, um, when he's talking about uh, taking the sword back, um, and how the uh, how his bro or John would do it, um, and do the traditional Excalibur pull out of the pull the sword out of the stone. Yeah. But he, what he says about this is, um. Pulling swords out of things isn't how I roll. Um, I'm not a hero. My bro was. John is. I'm not. Uh, and that this this is uh, more so than any of the the classic humorous Dave lines. I think this is the E Dave line. Um, in terms of who, what his kind of, uh, I guess, defining insecurity and point of growth is. Um, is that he just doesn't believe himself to be uh, capable of living up to the pe- capable of living up to to oh my god capable of living up to the to people around the standards of my people around him or his legacy, which yeah. I uh, yeah it's here I like it a lot. Um, and I kind of like for Dave that even if Bro isn't really a an affectionate, like, family figure, uh, he symbolizes something to him still in being, like, a cooler, like, stronger, uh, more heroic standard for him to live up to. And I think that that creates a really interesting, like, point for Dave. Yeah. 
I I really like this this pester log because it it basically lays out how Dave felt about Bro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he flat out says that he didn't love him. Uh, but, but he goes on to say that he's still sad, but he's not broken up about it, which is a very complex way to like feel about him. And yeah, it 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 really does play into that. He, he he very much seems like he looked up to bro, mm-hmm. but he didn't love him. Bro was always more like it seems like bro was always more of a, a hero figure. Um, yeah, who he kind of got to. I don't, I don't know. It it's definitely really. I, I've been asking for this exact thing for like thirty five hundred pages now. Ever since ever since we first saw how fucked up the Strider living situation was, I just really wanted to know how that dynamic was and how Dave felt about his family. Um, yeah. This is basically just it. And yeah. it, 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 it does so much for Dave's character to have this context for, for how he's been raised and like, not only the standard he sees for himself now in the game, but like growing up, like obviously it makes sense. He tried to be funny. Like bro was he, like, he tried to do the whole irony thing. He was always wore sunglasses inside and all that shit. Um, and now that it's in life or death circumstances, uh, and bro has died and failed to be all that Dave hoped he could, like, that Dave was looked up to, um, this leaves Dave at a bit of a crossroads, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's cool. Um, yeah, uh, so, on the subject of trying to get the sword out of the corpse... Um, which is just a, a bizarre deflection. Um, Dave decides that uh, he can't pull it out uh, vertically means because it would be uh, drawing more blood. Um, but if he breaks it in half horizontally, then it'll be clean and it'll be fine. Um, which is the t- t- weird line of reasoning, um, but I'm not going to question him. He's going through some hard shit right now. Yeah. Uh, but he... He attempts to do a running jump and, like, break it by kicking the handle with his full body. Fails because it's... The, the sword is not as shitty as he thought. Um, and and kind of eats shit uh, while Therese watches. Um, and he has... He continues to have a bit of a moment here. Yeah, this... This sequence where he tries to break the sword is... It's absolutely dripping with 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 symbolism and <laughs> uh, symbolism that I can't quite parse because Dave is I don't know I don't know what it is with with Dave I just can't quite analyze him that well but uh, the fact that like he is so prone to breaking swords like breaking swords is his whole thing and Bro's sword is the one sword that he can't break is like. I see it. I see the symbolism. <laughs> I never even thought of it in those terms, and but yeah, that is there. There's some symbolism for you. Um, fuck. What do I make of that? I wish. Ah, uh, we we need to share symbolism uh, before before we record, so we have time to like chew through it and see if we can come up with anything good for it. Because I I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of it either. Because. I... Dave. Dave he's, is such a complex character. He's awesome. He's cool. I love Dave. Um, 
But yeah, uh, that's a good way of putting it too. The one sword he can't break is bros. Um, okay. Well, I get I this this stuff is not going away, so we'll have plenty of time to uh, chew through it at a later date, I assume. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, Dave continues to have a bit of a moment. Um, just ha- ass kicked by bros sword, just lying face down on the on the on the on the ground. Um, and, uh, as Terezi continues to try to encourage him and, uh, inspire him, he is just kind of, just seems sick of it. Um, just is, is tired of the theatrics of it. Um, and just seems to make a joke out of it. Uh, and this is not having it. He just, he straight up tells her, fuck you, go away, which is just like, Damn, dude, he's really not okay right now. Yeah. Um. The, him be like outright rejecting uh the the whole ironic like trivial uh whole act being just stupid bullshit here is interesting to me as well. Like, I guess it's not like super deep, but it wouldn't make sense that in a in a moment as devastating as this that he would be wouldn't have as much patience for going through his whole charade as he usually does um but yeah uh he Dave kind of the the Terezi is evidently not going to go away so Dave again uh, as he is prone to kind of caves and entertains her for a bit more um the it's so hard it, it's it sucks so bad uh to read him being like you said you would give me time alone and you didn't because it's like man like Teresi really should fucking take a hint here yeah <laughs> but uh never but I, I, I mean she goes she just goes ahead and says that like She's messaging him because she's got her own problems going on to talk about, which is kind of, kind of a dense move on her part. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the um one of the most times that we've seen so far that it is like two children smashing into each other. Yeah. Um. Both both going through some really tough stuff. But just not the emotional intelligence is at an all time low, I think. Um, from both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, they talk a little bit about the the god tearing thing. Um, and how Terezi still will not explain that. Uh, and th- we're gonna we're gonna push that back more. We have we know what happens there. Uh, but yeah. Um, Dave starts taking a bit of a, a, a hard turn and starts focusing, it starts kind of getting revenge minded about Jack, um, which would make sense. And I would, I would be down for a Rose parallel moment here. Um, but it, it, it turns out that, uh, Dave is actually under the influence right now of AR Bring in our first uh, Dave Exile moment. 
in another really weird and inopportune time. Yeah. Um. Poor, poor, poor Dave can't can't get a moment to grieve. Ar also not the most emotionally intelligent uh, member of the cast. You call it the slammer when you are extra angry at crimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, even Dave is like, man, I want to like fucking quit it. Like, let me let me have a moment to myself. Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, he. He it, this this serves as a mini update on AR, uh, who is is still rigging all of the the edifices for detonation, um, back in the future. Uh, but <laughs> as as Dave acts as a mouthpiece for AR, um, he's like, you know what, fucking like, I can't talk right now. Uh, yeah, Teresi, go ahead and tell me about your bullshit. More or less. Yeah. Um. The. <laughs> I I like the line. Uh, what is it? The end of uh thirty to seven oh nine. Um, can you show me a little respect and assume anytime I say something stupid, it just means I'm being I'm temporarily being inexplicably r worded. That's what a real friend would do. So true. So true. Um. Terezi raises an eyebrow at this, but. Gladly takes the opportunity to uh, to go on about her own problems, um, which which in in their own are are not insignificant. Um, before we move on to Teresi's thing, is there anything else we want to say about Dave? I think we 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 hit well, we hit the key points pretty well. I think. Yeah, I th- I think I think we covered it pretty all right. Uh, the o- the only thing is like, I feel like this whole conversation serves. I mean, it obviously serves two purposes, but I feel like the first half of the conversation kind of uh, narratively serves as a mirror to, like, the conversation between Rose and Jade where uh, where Rose first finds out about Mom and we see, like, her reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we see Dave's reaction to, to Bro. And now, now we move on to, like, what I feel like is a mirror to... Uh, John and Friska's conversation. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think it is. These are these are effective ways of writing and showing contrast between your characters. In like Rose externalizing her emotions and getting angry um, as a defense mechanism, versus Dave kind of like withdrawing in further into himself. Yeah. Uh, that that's that's effective character writing. Good job, hussy. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Moving on to the Terezi's issues. Um, Terezi uh is as as if if you'll remember, uh, Terezi at this point in the story is on the meteor. Um, uh, processing the endless parade of corpses of her friends. Um, and painting them all on Vriska in her mind. Um, uh, there's a little ironic line here, um, about, uh, how Dave's, uh, momentary, uh, heat for justice, uh, is motivated by anger and the heat of the moment. 
Um, whereas hers is a uh, very rational and professional and businesslike. <laughs> um, so dramatic irony, given that we know that uh, only one of the corpses Terezi has found has is Vriskin was responsible for. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Terezi talks about um, kind of her legacy, the legacy of like the 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 legis lacerators, um, and their. Uh, Existence basically as lawyer bounty hunters um, in ancient troll society, and how she feels at this moment this the the burden to be uh, judge, jury, and executioner falls to her. Um, we continue. Um, yeah, Terezi says basically she thinks that she she's putting everything on Vriska. Um, but she's not excited about uh, what she has to do here. Um, and how even if... Uh, even though she has every right and every reason to find and stop Vriska the only way that trolls know how, um, she doesn't feel good about it. Yeah. Um... She, uh, she feels like she's uniquely suited to, do her, to her personal experience with Risco especially, and this is also why it falls to her, which is, like, you know, nothing to read into there. Um, she feels... Not only does she feel that Avris uh, needs to be punished um, due to her complicity in all of her friends' deaths, but also in Jack's rise to power, uh, which, you know, I guess, fair. Um, I would be pretty mad if I was Terezi, too. Uh, and how, um, Vriska's current pursuit of Jack indigenous the rest, the remaining trolls, uh, because she could easily lead, uh, him to them. Um, and in fairness, Vriska probably isn't thinking about that too much at this moment. No. Um, but Terezi talks about how, uh, she doesn't feel ready to kill her. Um, and how manipulating and somebody to, to their death and killing them by their own hand is not the same. Um, which, again, uh, similar to the, the sentiment echoed by Riska uh, back during her conversation with John. Um, yeah. Let's see. Yes. <laughs> Midplay versus doing, kind of familiar. Um, but yeah, uh, Dave... Dave responds uh, about as well as Therese responded to Dave. Um, uh, and and basically asks, um, you know, it feels, feels pretty weird and inappropriate, what does it say? Uh, feels pretty weird and inappropriate for me to be the one to tell you, fuck yes, go for it. She's got this huge murder with her name on it anyways and is cruising right at her own, at, right at her down Compens Boulevard. So, I don't know. Do you want me to tell you to be a better human or to be a better troll? Which, again, like, extremely... Extremely Vriska become human there. Yeah. Terezi become human. <laughs> um. But, uh, Dave, uh, Lee, Dave and Lee, uh, says, why don't you just do what you think you have to do and I'll do the same. Uh, great, uh, great advice. Um, very sensitive and apt. Uh, good job, King. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they both kind of bitterly take their leave at this point. It's not it's not like bad, but it's 
it, 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 <laughs> it's it's not the uh, the most graceful exit two characters have ever made from a conversation in this comic. I'll say yeah. that much. I think I think my favorite line from this conversation is, is Dave saying, "All right, well, all I'll say is." Maybe if you kill her, at least we can finally stop obsessing over her, <laughs> which is really funny. That that is great. Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, when I when I read that um, as I was going through it, I was like, Ah, Dave, you don't know. You really just don't know. This is your if fate. Only he knew. This is your fate, if only buddy. He, knew. <laughs> he doesn't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, Terezi exits. Um, it, the there's a weird little 3D uh, render door opening, and uh, year two of Homestuck ends. Not only uh, year two of Homestuck ends, disc one of Homestuck ends. Yeah, this yeah we're now on. Well, we're now between disc one and disc two, I guess. But disc one has ended. Uh, what this means, nobody is entirely clear on at this point. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever know. It <laughs> confusing meta moments, yeah, that have zero meaning at all, but simultaneously too much meaning. We have a big little. We have a we have a big sequence here of weird little meta moments. Uh, following this, um, Terezi uh holding Homestuck in her hands. Is it's certainly something? I I like the implication that she just found it on a ch- in a chest on the meteor. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, she like and she's covering up the. You can see there's like the little dots uh for each axe. There's the the four red, the the blue and the red, and then there's a two, and she's covering up whatever is on there with her thumb. But you can see a, a white dot. Uh, nice nice little yeah. um. You can see it. You can see it more clearly in the the exit flash. Mm-hmm. There, there's one green dot and and one one white dot. Okay. So, uh, it is assu- There's also the numbers one and two, which I mean, it's assumed that like, based on the the fact that like disc one just ended, disc one is like the first five acts. Well, the first well, it's missing a bit of act five, mm-hmm. but but disc two will consist of. Act six and seven question mark. The story map like does outline uh, a part one and part two, where part one ends where Act five ends. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> the, <laughs> Homestuck is is like divvied up in so many ways that it's just dumb. There's a the, whole animal kingdom of Homestuck sections. The, the there's the axe, there's the discs, there's the parts, there's the sides. The, it it it's all nonsense. It, I believe that we threw around some different ways of like divvying up the our, our reading of it. Um and we just yeah. we we just gave up uh and we're just so is this by page range? Yeah. Um. I I guess get hyped for AHP season two, starting with Act Six. I I guess <laughs> I don't know. Um. But but yeah. Uh. Terezi Terezi is now in in direct possession of Homestuck proper. Um. The implications of this may may be far reaching, or they may be not. Um. But uh. Anyway, Terezi proceeds. Um, Terezi does proceed, 
but we can't control her because we, we home sucks over. We can't, we, we can't control her. We get a fake out. Yeah. We get, there's like a fake out walk around. Do, do you think that like, the, do you think that when this gets printed or like when they, if they ever bother to redo these, like, is the objection image going to get sniped by Capcom or something? Cause they just took that from Ace Attorney on the DS. I, I honestly have no idea. That's the same asset. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's other, like, there's a lot of other stuff previously that is, like, copyrighted material, and I'm just kind of wondering, like, uh, Homestuck is a legal minefield, uh, at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, uh, I've always kind of wondered, like, with it going into print format, like, is anything gonna happen? Which... I guess we'll see. Uh, listeners, another important point for downloading the unofficial collection. It, anything, there, there are many reasons this could get just taken off the internet at any time. Remember this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh. Yeah. Theresia uh, proceeds and doesn't get very far before uh, encountering a, a little note um, pinned to the ground by Nepeta's claw. Uh, written written on a page of Mindfang's journal in Gamsey's blood. In Gamsey's blood. Yes. So obviously it's a note from Vriska. Yes, it actually is. But the the, <laughs> the um it when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's that's got to be from Gamsey, and this is just uh Terezi failing to uh to realize her own bias. But it it does appear to actually be from Vriska. Um, but yeah, uh, as she walks up to the note, um, a little trap door opens, and just, just this weird sequence, um... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She falls into a room from the RPG Chrono Trigger. Okay, I, I'm glad you know what it's from. I don't know entirely. Okay, well... I'm sorry, um... Go, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just so weird because, like, one of the stick-out lines on, on page 3719 is, is it doesn't look like a place you would expect to find on this meteor, at least not in any strictly canonical capacity. Yeah, so I, I think that most of the assets in this room are stolen from Chrono Trigger. Um, And I, this, I am nudged instruction as well because the song that plays is also a remix of a song in Chrono Trigger. Um, which is, it's just so weird that it's here. Um, I feel like we've talked about this. I'm pretty sure this comic has taken Chrono Trigger assets before, and we've talked about it. Uh, to keep it brief, Chrono Trigger is the best RPG ever made. Like, absolute 100% endorsement. You should go play it. Um, but it's so weird whenever it shows up. Um, I, I've yet to play Chrono Trigger. I will one day. Ah, uh, you really... I, I think you would like it. It's on my endless list. Um, I, I, I don't know how big of an RPG guy you are. Um, I like them. I like them. Uh, in terms of, like, turn-based stuff or, like, ATB stuff, but, like... I haven't, I haven't played many turn-based things outside of, like, Pokemon. <laughs> it's more engaging than Pokemon. Um, the... Not to, not to suddenly go into my big Chrono Trigger tangent, so I'll keep it brief, but I think that you would like it because I know that you are, like, 100% fiend for video games. Yes. And Chrono Trigger, uh, like, right at the end of the game, opens up, and you have, like, three or four overworlds to go through, and, like, a hundred side quests to get all of your my characters, God. like, 
not a hundred, but like, there's like five to ten side quests that you can all do that all expand through the entire uh, breadth of the game and its time travel gimmick to get all your characters, like their ultimate equipment. And it's just one of the most fun end game experiences of any RPG ever, and it's really fun to 100%. Um, okay. So I think you would like it, and I can I can talk about it because the uh, Andrew Hussey and Toby Fox stole a bunch of assets in this moment for it. <laughs> I I will keep your endorsement in mind. It's so good, listeners. Please play Chrono Trigger. It is the best RPG. Um, and uh, if you like the music that plays on thirty seven eighteen, you will probably like the music in that game because it is, it it, it is a remix of a song from the game. Um. Yeah. But yeah, back to back to this fucking weird little moment here. I really don't know what to make of this entirely. I, I think the most noteworthy thing is is Cal is here. Cal is indeed here. Uh the this is our first instance of seeing Cal on the meteor, I believe. Yes? <sighs> am, am I conflating moments? I think I might be. Shit. I th- I think this because it was just revealed that like he has the green suit because of Kanaya. And and we are now seeing him with the green suit. So I want to say... Did, I think Gamzee had Cal when Kanaya kicked him in the nuts off a cliff. Didn't he? Um... I want to say no. Oh, uh, shit. Let me, let me run back. Let me run it back and check. Uh, you keep... T- you can go whatever you have to go with the scene. Um... Well, here we are in this scene. <laughs> this 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 possibly non-canonical room. Indeed. Fuck. What page? Oh, I have notes on on the on the whole comic. I can just go back through these. Um, it was a it was a three it was three time showdown. When when that happened. Uh-huh. Uh Yeah, I just pulled the page up. I'm I'm that quick. I'm I'm that quick. Uh, Does Gamzee... No, he did not. He did not. Really? Okay. I thought he was dragging Cal along with him for some reason. So I guess this probably is Cal's first appearance on the meteor. Yes. So Cal's been here the whole time. He was already here. Um. Interesting that you would describe it that way. <laughs> Interesting. Um. Funky room. Funky room. He's teleporting around. Well... Uh, Gamzee has evidently mastered the Bro Strider teleportation. The shade step. <laughs> the, the shade step. Um, yeah, he is. He's puppeteering Cal all around the room to fuck with Terezi, who is not really. Who is Terezi is pretty resilient to being fucked with by any character who isn't Carcat or Vriska. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because she's really not giving Cal much much attention. Um, yeah. But... Uh, she she basically determines that uh, she's in this room because Vriska. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and we have a we have a random ass play records flash. Uh, I I appreciate the 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 music flashes like this, but this is the probably the most out of place one. Yeah. Uh, we get a record player. There's some good songs on here. Some good Toby Fox classics. Hmm. And, and and I'm a member of the Midnight Crew. Uh, pr- pr- probably uh, whoever this whoever this dead guy is that made this song uh, back in the 30s or whatever. I'm sure he's rolling in his grave from Homestuck like stealing this song. Uh, uh, there's a 
I the unofficial collection has like a little has like a video linked um of somebody playing this record like in real life. Oh no, the 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 next page does as well. Um, Eddie Morton, uh, apparently an ex Philadelphia cop. Um, before uh, <laughs> before he went into before he went into ragtime singing. His nickname was the Singing Cop. I don't care if he's rolling in his grave. He can roll in his grave all he wants. Yeah, fuck the fuck fuck the cops. Fuck the Philly Police Department in particular. Um, they suck. Uh, he died in New Jersey. Yeah. What a terrible place to die. <laughs> he has a song called Please Don't Tell My Wife. <laughs> Who is this guy? Uh, that has to... Somebody made that up. That's a, that's not real. Um, Please Don't Tell My Wife, 1909. Oh my god. The, the Midnight Crew song is iconic, though. I'll give him this one. I'll give him this one point. Um, he, he, he made a Homestuck classic. He really did. Very memorable song. Um, very, very enjoyable song. Uh, people liked liked to to have group singings of it at, at meetups, at conventions. Uh, I I remember the the one the one Homestuck meetup I went to at a convention. Uh, we we all did sing the the funny Midnight Crew song. Yeah, it's a it's a fun song to sing in a group at a convention. Uh, when you're all wearing your your your, your Homestuck cosplays. So true. So very true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who's this douchebag? Uh, Terezi, as she examines the, the cover of the record, um, and, and ponders this question to herself, uh, a, a, a CD slips out of it, um, and it appears to be, uh, Homestuck Disc 2? Thank God she found it! Now, now we can keep playing. Further complicating the insane meta elements of this comic. Um, I, I just don't know what the fuck is going on right now. Um, but yeah, uh, Terezi unfortunately oops fucks up the disc, uh, by trying to play it because she thinks it's a tiny record. Terezi moment. S silly Terezi. Um, so some energy starts pouring out of the disc and. Uh, interesting. The the disc looks pretty similar to a to a disc we've seen before. One could say that the the CD has been scratched. Yes, you could say that. Um, it, uh, this is so weird. Like the, I just don't. I'm looking at this and I'm like, it. I know that when Rose and Doc Scratch were talking, he said like the that uh it has to happen like there's like some he's made some illusion like some other way it could happen is this it like it's it, it is this it like what's going on uh, no yeah but why is it here what what is this it's just more meta nonsense this is not the this is not the Beat Mesa. It is a it is a meta construct that just happens to look like the Beat Mesa. Right, but why is it here? What purpose does this serve? Because is this how does this fit into causality? Is is this like a, a what is this? Uh, it, it it serves as an explanation to make things more inconvenient for the reader. It uh, it is it is a notable case of hostility towards the reader. <laughs> 
as as we see in the following pages. I appreciate that. Yeah, I can. I can yeah, I'll. I'm happy with that explanation because that that is what it is. Um. The, yeah. Who cares? It should be fine. Um, Terezi capture logs it. It's it's nice and safe in the in the Homestuck thing that that she capture logged earlier. Yeah. Um. But, she opens some chests. Yeah. Uh. They contain some very convenient personal items. That that were almost definitely put there by Vriska. Absolutely. <laughs> um. This is like this room being here is just weird. Really weird. Um. And it is, like, it's put, like, well, obviously Vriska did this. It would be too convenient if it wasn't, because, like, that note was probably from her. Um, maybe? Question mark? Maybe. But, uh, yeah, uh, Terezi finds her old Red Glare role-playing outfit that she's not worn since the Flarp days, besides the stylish sunglasses. Um, and the other one, the, the other chest contains, uh, her Pyral Spite, uh, plush. Um. Shout out, shout out to, to, to Pyral Spite plush. Um, I, I wish I had gotten one for myself back in the day. <laughs> I, did, did you ever get one of the, one of the plushes? Not officially. I think we talked about it before, but um, I have one that a, a friend made for me a while back because I won my friend's Tumblr giveaway. Okay. Um, uh, yeah the the official the official plushes of of the oh god what are they called what are they called quick quick, quick. I I wrote this down somewhere where did I put it quick fuck fuck I I know that. <laughs> It's scalemates, scalemates. That's it. Scalemates, scalemates. There we go. Uh, the official scalemate plushies were were scarily high quality. They they are probably like the most high quality Homestuck product you could get outside of the the original God tier hoodies, not the for fans by fans ones, which are absolute shit. Mm-hmm. Um, dangerously high quality. I remember I bought I I bought I bought Pyral Spite. As a Christmas gift for one of my friends that I got got into Homestuck at the time, uh, and when I when I, when I received it in the mail so that I could prepare to like wrap it up and stuff, mm-hmm. man, high quality, insane. I've never seen a plush that high quality before. I wonder how how much they're going for these days on eBay and the like. It probably like insane amounts of money. Hmm. Hold on, let me let me let, let's see. Pyral Spite plushie mint condition. Ooh. Let's see, eBay? I, I don't know where else you would buy it, I guess. Um, that is not... What the fuck? That's not Pyral Spite. That is, that is stuffed Animal House 10-inch Miss Sasquatch Bigfoot Wild Man Brown Plush Toy Female. This is not Pyral Spite. <laughs> Are you telling me that you typed in Pyral Spite plush to eBay and you found someone's Bigfoot fuck doll? Hang on, hang on. I'm putting this in. I'm putting this in the amateur. Click this and look at the tab. No, it says it in the fucking preview. <laughs> it does say it in the preview. No, no, no. What? <laughs> Listener, what 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 search term did you put in? For this, I, I'm I. This is this is like vital knowledge that I need to push out to our entire Discord server right now. <laughs> there, I just. 
<laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay. Um, That's so funny. Listeners, now you know what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, I. <laughs> why does it... It's just in the tab name. What? Yeah. <laughs> you may... This is so fucked up. <laughs> Free delivery in four days. Uh, episode derailed. Oh, okay, so if you type in Pyro Spite on eBay... Okay, that's like a stone. Pyro Spite and Homestuck. Okay, so... Realistic... Okay, so... Breathe in. Breathe There's out. one for 185 Yeah. The Rare two... with tag. The, yeah, the two offers I see for, like, the 11-inch, the like, full-size Pyral Spite uh, plushie are 185 and 250 Um That sounds about right, yeah. So so these are going to run you a pretty penny if you want to get your hands on uh, one of these. Uh, the mini ones uh, seem to be a bit cheaper, but uh, I, I don't know if I trust those as much. Yeah, I... I... I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not that big of a fan of the mini ones. Like, I I would like some kind of pyro spite, but I don't know if I would buy the the mini keychain one, which is like the only way to to to, to obtain. But whatever. Okay. Okay. We're <laughs> we're, we're we're get back on track. We're on, on the rails track. again. Uh, th- this we- this sequence is not the most conducive to keeping to keeping a reader ex- uh, a streamlined reader experience. I'll say that much. Yeah. Um. Okay. Tracy goes to hug Pyral Spite. Uh, a Gamzee replaces uh Pyral Spite with with Cal in her arms. Um. And uh, in her in her search for where he went, uh, she she takes note of the the actual note and decides to check it out after retrieving Pyro Spite. Um. And uh, decides to check out the journal entry because you know w- why not? It's there. Of course, of course, it's it's lore. Like, why would you not check it out? Yeah, of course. Um. The the page in question is from. F is Mindfang detailing her defeat at the hands of Red Glare uh, and her capture and how she lost an arm uh, in the process. Yeah. Uh, uh, keep it. Keep in mind. La- last we saw uh, a Mindfang journal entry, she completely scoffed at the idea of of ever interacting with Red Glare ever. Yeah, she's a little bit salty here. I gotta say. Um. <laughs> Red Red Glare was uh underestimated. But yeah. Yes. Um Terezi goes goes on to uh insert disc to or disc uh, do it that the narrative does it the it happens. It it just happens on its own. Um the this page uh uh, on the Viz Media side of things, is a bit fucking silly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the pages that was considered a broken page um, up until, I think, last month when, when Viz went through and, like, actually fixed a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, the, the, the way that it's supposed to go, I think it does it on, on the collection, is the disc is put in, the disc loads... 
and it automatically sends you to the next page. Yep. On on Visa side of things, you would think that they would just get rid of like the concept of being sent to the next page and just throw a link to the next page on there. Mm-hmm. They did not do that. In in the video, <laughs> in the YouTube video, this is so dumb. In the YouTube video, a, a message box pops up towards the end of the video that says, "Your browser cannot read the disk. To continue playing, type the URL into the browser, and then it just gives you the URL to type into your browser, and it's it's HTTP, uh, you know, uh, www.mspaintadventures.com/disk2, which Come on. Looks into the camera like I'm on the office. <laughs> Come on. And then it has this... and then it has the, the arrow to the next page anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. Come <laughs> come on. This is so cool. Again, I urge you, listeners, download the official collection unofficial collection. Uh it might as well be official. Um it's more official than Viz Media is. Uh go and download it now. Um it's the the page transition is so cool uh, as, as yeah, it was meant to it's, be. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. This is so dumb. Um, but anyways, seer ascend. Seer ascend. We've gotten both a seer descend and a seer ascend uh, yes. today. I, it's pretty good, I gotta say. Um, uh, you you almost said something. I actually actually burped. And I was trying to be quiet about it. <laughs> Bless you. Nonetheless, Thank you. Um, we get it. We get serious end. Uh, one of my personal favorites because pretty cool. We, I think I want to say this is the only flash where we get like actual like ancestor events happening in the form of a flash. Uh, and it's good. I like it. It's pretty sick. It gives you a cool like scale for like the original red gla- or the original um pyral spite. And yes. Like it, how Red Glare's Lucis was a big fucking dragon. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we get to that, we we see we see Terezi ascending. She yes. goes upstairs. She she is on her way to to confront Vriska. In, uh in a pretty yeah. familiar fashion. Um, and I just want to say, uh, Friska did not write the note. Uh, we see in the flight, I wasn't going to say anything until we got to this point. Friska definitely did not write that note. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell if you were, like, doing a bit just to, like, be like, ha ha, definitely Friska, ha ha. That's not Friska. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I gotta t- I gotta make it more distinct when I'm doing a bit when I'm doing like I don't remember shit because like risk the, the, it has little clown nose. Um, Friska did not write this. It not it doesn't just have the clown nose. It's it's also doing the like the Gamzee like small text big text small text thing that that he started doing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if um the if the if bro's note to dave that this is obviously calling back to did this or not uh with the the caps i don't think it did but yeah who cares that's that's like thousands of pages ago yeah but this is such a cool little callback to that flash yeah i yeah. soy phase uh um, but then we see the ancestor stuff uh we we see mime fang's fleet 
she's looking pretty badass and and we we see like the sequence that she described where she's like momentarily blinded by by the eyes of of pyrospite uh pyrospite fucking lights up the whole fucking fleet uh shit's fucked not even momentarily uh her eyes her left eye is permanently blinded well yeah one eye permanently blinded but i think she said like she was basically like what's the word i'm looking for whatever it doesn't matter she's blinded one eye Vriska. Vriska moment. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck the fleet. Fleet gone. Yeah. Uh, it's all gone. Uh, we, we see someone in a boat, uh, which is a reference to, to a video game I haven't played. Um, uh, at, oh god, I'm, I'm on the YouTube video, so I can, it, it, it's at, uh, 115 in the video, if you wanna, if you wanna go to the video real quick, but there's, yeah, uh. Yeah, what you're talking about. What? Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm curious what you're talking about here. Yeah. Oh god. Oh god. Uh, a lot of people thought uh, that it was a different ancestor, and it was like alluding to a different moment. Let me pull up the wiki real quick. Okay. So, I, I for 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 listeners, what we're talking about um, at one fifteen in the video on YouTube, you can see uh, you can see there's this on the bottom left. There's like a somebody in a, in a little a little tiny boat. Um. Okay, okay. During the scene where Pyrospite destroys Mindfang's fleet, a lone troll drifts by in a tiny boat. While unidentified in the story, the troll bears an uncanny resemblance of Guybrush Threepwood of the Secret of Monkey Island games. I know that Monkey Island is a pretty popular, like, adventure game series, but I have zero experience with it. Same. I I just felt like like it was worth pointing out, because a lot of people... uh, think it's a specific ancestor like escaping from one of the boats and we will we will cover who, who people thought it was when we get to, to, to that that ancestor later mm-hmm. but that's it's not it's not one of the ancestors it's just it's just a funny reference to to video game this is a th- yeah that's a that's a bit of lore that I was not ever familiar with a discussion so I should just see what the what uh what the discourse was the point yeah but yeah uh, so yeah, uh, Red Glare fuck shit up. Red Glare's pretty cool, gotta say. So true. Um, uh, and and Terezi pulls up on Friska, who is sending the the messages to Rose that are meant for John. Yes, and also uh, reading through Mindfang's journal on a PDF viewer, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, no, notably, I believe that her. I I, I think that she her her laptop is like on top of the journal itself and she's yeah it's really yeah. funny to me that she has it like in pdf form um good for her yeah a good little bit of like wow Frisk is a huge nerd i gotta say pretty cute um but yeah uh we get we get more mind fang journal um we get more good mind fang journal and less and not as much horny mind fang journal which is a, thank a god beautiful reprieve <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, interesting that, uh, the, the, the page that was left, uh, by Gamzee for Terezi, um, detailed Mindfang's defeat at the hands of Red Glare, 
And the part that Vriska is currently reviewing is uh, follows and paints quite a different picture of the story. Yes. Um. What happens in this segment is that uh, Mindfang is uh, brought to the the battle arena trial scene. I don't know what this is exactly supposed to be. It's a courtroom. It sure is. Um, but, uh, it seems like there's about to be, there's going to be some kind of fight, uh, because Red Glare seems pretty posed for battle, uh, pretty stanced up, um, but Mindfang has no intention of playing fair and, uh, notes that they were gracious enough to supply her with a whole, uh, audience to make it a spectacle, uh, of, of weak-minded trolls who she could just influence to rise up and, uh, Tear regular, tear regular apart uh, in an angry mob, which is brutal. Um, kind of hardcore. Um, Mindfang uh, does another Mindfang and uh, mourns that had she left Redglare alive, you know, they could have really had something. Uh, but alas, it was not to be. Man. Um, and uh, takes up uh, Redglare's Cane, uh, battle Kane to face down against his honorable tyranny, who I'm not even sure what the fuck he's supposed to be. He's like, uh, he was mentioned like, uh, during Terezi's, like, introduction pages. Mm-hmm. He's basically like, I don't know, like, the symbol of, of law in troll society? I don't know. I don't know if he's a troll, though. He's... He's definitely not a troll, because uh, he has he has a uh, black blood. Some kind of fucked up arch Lucis. Um, yeah, there's well, even the Luci share their blood color with yeah. their trolls generally. Yeah, uh, I don't think we ever get an explanation ever like what he is. I should I should go see what if they could find any uh like old lore theories on what his honorable tyranny is. Um, yeah, I don't know, like. <laughs> Some kind of horror terror? I don't know. I I well, like the, 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 the I like these as things like this these in stories where it's like I I don't know what the fuck that is. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um evidently he's not there for very long, because uh, Mindfang emerges victorious uh from this confrontation. Yes. Um Uh and now she is set on getting that dragon. Yeah. She really wants that dragon. She wants that dragon. Um, she, she's decided that her seafaring days are behind her and that, uh, her future is to take to the sky. Um, but first she needs temporary refuge, uh, and she, she seeks it with, uh, the expatriate, uh, Darklear, um, who is, appears to be the Equius's ancestor. Yes. Um, and, uh, not only his expertise with machines and, uh, a fancy mechanical new arm, but also with uh, some of her treasure that she entrusted for, with him to safeguard. Um, namely, the magic cue ball. Yes. Um, which was led to her, which she was led to by a certain uh, milk-tongued doctor, shall yeah. we say. Um, also, before we go any further, I okay. just, just want to point out that, like, uh, a seed has been planted alluding to something going on that uh, uh, Darklear 
has done something to 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 be exiled and we get the line uh i wonder if he still believes she was worth it uh big put a pin in that (laughs) eyebrow raise eyebrow raise put a pin in that Um, a couple hundred pages we'll get back to that (laughs) yeah indeed um but but yes a doctor yes uh yeah dark layer exile uh cue ball um a a a doctor um and mind fang's difficulties with the cue ball um mind fang seems to have a a bit of a uh uh, conflicted attitudes towards the magic cue ball um because uh it's it's her ability with it to see the future has both kind of dulled her her readiness about the future um, and given her a sense of infallibility uh, that has led her astray, obviously. Um, but also, it is a, a very useful tool because uh, she wants that dragon um, and the, the cue ball will show her how to get that dragon. Um... But as she play, as she toys with the cue ball, um, uh, her mind drifts to another prophecy that it gave her long ago, um, regarding another uh, troll from the days of yore called the Summoner, uh, who is very obviously the the Tavros uh, ancestor, yes, uh, Taurus one. Um, and she's got some thoughts about him. Um. Uh, she knows that from the cue ball that uh this this troll has it has some weird lore thing on his side that caused him to sprout wings um he can commune with animals uh and perhaps her eventual acquisition of pyral spite will be facilitated by his ability to control animals um and also that uh he they will be mate spritz at some point which is yes. the real key detail here yes um and also that uh he will his um he'll become some somewhat of a folk hero and uh lead some kind of uprising that will lead to troll society being forever transformed um a lot to take in here really yes uh, it, it, yeah. Um, uh, and, and also to round it all out, all out, that she first learned of his name um when she asked the cue ball who would be the one to kill her. So yeah, uh, lots here. So much. Um, two things that uh I wanted to to take note of that I. I think you might have skipped over. I don't know. Uh, Darklier, uh, 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 the the word void is, is used with him. Uh, he's basically a dark spot in in Scratch's vision. Um, and if if we recall, uh, Act Five, Act One with uh, with the trolls, mm-hmm. uh, Equius is is a void player. Um. So the the there's obviously like a continued connection between like uh the ancestors and, and yeah titles uh yeah void 
Man, I fucking butchered that. It's okay. I mean, I, I managed to miss that entirely. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, okay. We're, worth bringing up, at least. What was the other thing? Uh, um, I th- uh, the, the relationship between Mind Fang and, and Scratch. Uh, the word protege is used specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, showing that, like, Scratch, man, his hands are all over the place, everywhere. He's controlling everything. He needs to, he's, he's really, he's, man. Yeah, it. <laughs> it makes complete sense that uh scratch like having being a game construct like being attached to alternia throughout all of its history would obviously have been around at this point in alternia's history but it, it's it's did not expect uh it to just be like oh yeah um scratch has like had his nose in the trolls business since the ancestor times yeah for our specific set of 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 characters um i uh i think we can go ahead and get on to the more interesting way of like analyzing this part and like uh it's with how this the this is in regards to vriska mm-hmm. um man uh when you consider the whole Trolls follow in the footsteps of their ancestors. Uh, it really makes sense why Vriska became very disappointed with Tavros. Yeah. Um, the. I'm not curious. I'm also curious about, like, if Vriska had any, like, inkling about the, the Equus and Aradia thing. But yeah, the whole Tavros thing really puts it in a new light. Um, yeah. Especially with. Uh, the kill me scene and yeah, 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 exactly. Mindfang, uh, she leaves the journal off before we ever get to see the details of what happens. But yeah, it's got to be disappointing, uh, for Riska. Um, that even in a moment where it was it, she needed to die, that Tavros couldn't man up and follow in his ancestors' footsteps. Yeah. Um. Oh, there was another thing here that I was just gonna... Uh, this is a weird little detail that, like, I was not even sure if I should bring up, but the... 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 The the allusion, again, to troll bloodcast and lifespan is brought up here in another really strange way, where... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, where Mindfang specifically notes that uh, being a, a, a rust blood, um... The summoner would would still have many sweeps yet to be born when she's writing this, which kind of weird, champ. I I'm not going to like pretend to be uh, outraged about like the problematic age gap relationship between Mindfang and the summoner, um, but it it is weird, definitely weird, and it. Kind of, uh, the the whole trolls living longer or shorter lives based on their cast, uh, as a biological thing and not just as a, you are more likely to die if you are a lower blooded troll is, is a really, uh, I think glossed over detail of the story. Um, I, 
I still think it's up to interpretation how much of it is biological and how much of it is just society treating them like shit. Because I, I don't, I don't know. In my think, mind, it would make. It, yeah, in my mind, it would make the most sense if, if I, I, I'm sure there is probably some biological aspect to it, but I, I feel like it would be like a negligible amount. But I, I think it makes most sense if trolls just by default have insanely long lifespans, and it's just the 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 hemospectrum is just like this this thing put in place specifically to like shorten the lifespans of of trolls lower on the hemospectrum. Yeah, I guess you can read it from a critical perspective and say, you know, maybe, well. Looking at the, the this journal page on 3758 is, I don't, the way that I read it is that at least Mindfang wholly believes that your blood cast is tied to your lifespan in a purely biological sense. Because um, there's not only the, the, the summoner thing, but she alludes to the, the Empress's um, unparalleled lifespan. Yeah. So... I think we can confidently say that Mind Fang at least wholly believes that that's true. Uh, if you want to go into a critical perspective, like, yeah, it is it is entirely possible that that is, like, propaganda, or that that is just the way that things are by conventional wisdom in troll society, and that lower-blooded trolls just do not live out their, their natural lifespans. Yeah. Um... And I guess for the purposes of the story, well, I don't know entirely, but I'm going to guess that the rest of Homestuck does not constitute thousands of lunar sweeps. So we don't really ever get to see the the process of these characters, like, growing old and dying and whether or not, like, the, who who grows old and dies faster. Yeah. Um, but... So it's not really a relevant question, but if it is the case, uh, it's not a detail that uh, I, I see discussed often. And I think that uh, there's a lot of material in there for just absolutely tragic uh, romance fic um, <laughs> that I'm sure that somebody took advantage of back in the day. But honestly, not enough. Uh, yeah. you, that's your perfect setup for a, a heart-wrenching story. So true. <laughs> um, regardless... Uh, and also, um, if it's not the case that that's just how things actually are, it makes it extra weird that Mindfang is like, yeah, I guess the summoner, uh, not, not, not born yet. I don't know. I guess my soulmate's, uh, still not a thing. D- weird. Strange. Weird champ. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but like I said, uh, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to be shocked that Mindfang is maybe a dubiously problematic character. Um, but yeah, uh, Mindfang, uh, goes ahead to kind of close out the journal here, um, talking about, uh, how she wants to savor the, the bit of uncertainty she has left in her future, um, and, uh, leave it up to, uh, whatever fate has in store, um, and how she's going to, uh, bequeath the the cue ball to uh, whoever may find it and whoever may find the journal um yeah um i think the fact that it ends off here like this being the concrete ending of the journal it is 
probably one of the most damning aspects of it in regards to how it molded Vriska. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we don't see, well, and and in particular, Vriska doesn't see how things played out for Mindfang after this point, and, and leaving it, essentially leaving it up to her to like fill in the blanks herself with her own life. Um, I feel like that is one of the big contributing factors to like why she has done some of the things in particular uh everything with tavros yeah yeah um uh potentially damaging to a young mind um to have mind fang as a as as your role model in life and um have it end off here yeah but uh yeah um and i guess that means we're, we're i don't want to say we're done yet but uh we have finality on mind fang's journal now um also uh if if you're uh if you're just opening up the pester log and scrolling down, or the journal and scrolling down and then clicking to the next page, you might not see that uh, as this happens, the actual panel that accompanies each each page is getting progressively more glitched out and fucked up. wonder why that is. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear why that is, because Terezi doesn't know how a CD works. <laughs> but yeah, um, but then go to uh, another, an- yet another flash, uh, Flip. Um... We, uh, the, the Flash freaks out, um, as Terezi, uh, goes on the hunt and proceeds. Um, this Flash has, like, a legitimately, like, chilling moment towards the front of it, where she passes by the the dead trolls' bodies in, like, the, the tubes. Like, yeah, as she walks by and, like, they're, they're, like, the images of, like, them just after dying. It's it's kind of fucked up. It's creepy. It's very, like, video game creepypasta shit, but it is, like, really effective, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, no, in a comic that is, like, very reserved and, like, doesn't really do that kind of thing, it works really well. It's, like, like actually harrowing. Um, but, yes. yeah. There, there's some uh, finally a confrontation between... Uh, Terezi and Vriska, um, where the, uh, there's, there's a lot of tension here, um, Terezi interrogates her as to, uh, why she killed all those, all their friends, um, and, uh, it, it, again, it glitches out to skip through the, uh, Vriska explaining herself, um, to say, like, hey, I only killed Tavros, it's fine, it's chill, um, but, uh, the TLDR of it is that uh, in this conversation, Treasure resolves, uh, we'll, we'll settle whether or not you'll go hunt for Jack and endanger the rest of us with a coin flip. And uh, Vriska says, why would you do that? I have all the luck. It's uh, I'm going to win. I'm going to get what I, my outcome I want. Um, and uh, But the CD is too scratched for us to see how the coin flip resolves. It's pretty cool. Yes. It, yeah. it is pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it because most of it is like just a conversation. Um, but the the utilization of the of shit like breaking is cool. Um, and 
I like how it obfuscates all but like key parts of the conversation. Yeah. Um not not much else to say about this, but uh yeah, we are we are deprived of knowing how the coin flip ends because shit is broken. Uh we can no longer play Homestuck. You hate to see it. It's over. <laughs> yep. It's officially over. This is the last episode of a Homestuck podcast. <laughs> I gotta see if there if there was a uh, like a, a a page gap between this and um like when the next page is after this or like what happened here. Cause I meant what like, you, what do you mean? Uh, like the the gap between updates. I mean, uh, you you have the collection open, right? Um, I am on. Uh, I, whenever we do this live, I am usually on browser. Okay, I was gonna say the uh, w- one of the better things about the collection is the the date that each page was posted is actually down in the bottom right. Right. Okay, so there was no there was no gap between um, the 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 update that uh, the disc is badly damaged. You can no longer play Homestuck, and the, the, what happens next? Um, but there was there was a pretty healthy um, two week gap between. The page before the end of Mindfeg's journal and flip. Uh, that's okay. just kind of how it's been the whole time, I guess. But yeah, um, I was gonna say, how bad would it suck if you were a new reader and like, or like you were reading this current, and then Hussey just went on hiatus for a month after this? <laughs> we're gonna be getting to some pretty big pauses. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna say he, uh, whenever he did his pauses, he would do some like serious cliffhangers yeah i i know one of the, i i remember one of the more notable ones uh that where the it was it was around the time uh he, he took a hiatus for hive swap and mm-hmm. i remember it was like i want to say it was like a year a year long hiatus yep and 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 the the page the, 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 like, very next page is probably, like, one of the biggest flashes in the comic. <laughs> you love to see it. But, yeah. Um, the... The disc is badly damaged, and we need to, we need to, uh... Visit a specialist in, in scratches. A, a, a scratch doctor, if you will. Um, and we'll, we will leave off for this week, uh, at Scratch's doorstep. Um... We're at his doorstep. Uh, unfortunately in the in the next in the next page range we're gonna have to do so much reading of of white text on white background we're gonna be highlighting so much it's gonna be such an inconvenience uh yeah it's gonna suck so uh yeah that i (laughs) i didn't expect us to go to almost two hours with this 80 page reading yeah, I didn't either. Thank uh, God it was only 80 pages. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was all in all uh, pretty cool. Um, the the meta stuff... Um, this is weird for me, because I remembered, like, most of what happened up until, like, last reading, or, like, including last reading, like, inclusive. Yeah. Um, and I remember the green pages, because it's hard to forget the green pages. Oh yeah, they're pretty memorable. Uh, but like most of the stuff in this reading, like I I did not remember happening. Um, like the Mindfang journal stuff, like is hard to forget. 
but uh, Seared Descend um, took me by surprise. Uh, like, yeah, just weird stuff all around. Um, and generally good. Uh, Hell yeah. And yeah, we're getting to the like end game act five here. I was thinking earlier about how act six and act five kind of feel like miles and miles apart in a way. Yeah. Um, but especially with the, the note, uh, from last time and some other stuff that's been building up, uh, here, the through broken glass comment and stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's building up to it in a way that I wasn't expecting to experience. Um, and I know that regardless, it's still going to feel like it's a mile away in all likelihood, but yeah. it's it's very weird to be like getting close to Act Six, Act One. Yeah, um, I actually, uh, considering how close we are to to end of Act Five, uh, when I when I when I picked out the next page range, I actually went ahead and like I didn't read anything. I just like skimmed uh, all the way up until end of Act Five, mm-hmm. and it kind of creeps up on you, like. Uh, we're gonna when we get to like the page range that's like just before the Act Five finale episode, it's 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 gonna be scary how how quickly it, it becomes. Oh oh, we're here now, mm-hmm. and I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Me neither. Um, uh, in my head, I always think like, I listeners, you can like skip ahead to like two seconds before the episode ends to get the page range. But, like, I was thinking earlier, like, in my head, uh, the Handmaid and Demera occur a hundred years apart from each other. But in reality, it's, like, not very far apart at all. Um, and that's scary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, definitely one of the things I'm looking forward to most after we, after we cross the threshold into Act 6 is reading act all, all of act six like without the hiatuses because because like a, a, as i said when we when we started this podcast i i stuck through all of the hiatuses i never reread anything so in my mind i i i remember things happening but in the time frame that they happened in it was like months apart years mm-hmm. apart uh, and I can't, I can't wait to see what it's like to just not have those giant time frames in between. Mm-hmm. Very exciting things. This will be a new experience for the both of us. Hell yes! Yeah, can't wait, can't wait for us to get to the 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 open bound extravaganza. The open bound, yes, yes. But yeah, I, just looking at this green door and the the hue of it, and I'm I'm like, man, we're here. Yeah, as soon as we cross that door, man. Yeah. It's it's going to be a whole new adventure. <sighs> Whew. Speaking of crossing that door, how many pages uh after opening that door are we going to venture next week? Um we uh do you, do you want an exact calculation? I can, hold on. Uh, I I'm just uh, asking no, no, for no, the no, page no, right. No, uh, no, hold on. <laughs> this asshole. We're we're going to be reading 109 pages. <laughs> okay. Uh, which is going to be to page 3873. 
Okay. So a, a nice little bit. Uh, some things happen. All right. Uh, I'm interested to see how Viz Media completely fucks up the cool interactive features of this page range in particular. Oh, they're they're actually not that fucked up. Oh, awesome! Nice surprise. Uh, uh, yeah, I yeah I, I I went through and made sure that like I know I know what you're talking about. It's fine. Yeah, uh, probably still worth doing on the unofficial collection anyway. Uh, just yeah, because it's like a more faithful experience. But yeah, pretty cool. Uh, one thing I did notice about the unofficial collection, um, when I was doing Descent, Seer Descended stuff, is that like it feels like the frame rate on the walkarounds is really low. I don't know if you noticed that, um, or if that flash is just like that. Uh. Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I guess, I'll, yeah. ha- I'll have to I'll have to look myself and see how I feel about it. <laughs> Not to be a fucking frame rate nerd about Helmstuck, but you know, something felt a little bit off. But we we get it. You you only play games that that have a frame rate of uh one twenty. We get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Okay, so our page range for next week is thirty-seven sixty-four to yes. thirty-eight seventy-three. Yes. Um, I I guess with that we could take it to the close. Uh, I we're we have a we have a nice uh healthy sized episode, so I've seen a, a reason to babble. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. I I guess I guess we're here now. Um. Uh. Listeners, thank you for uh listening to a Homestuck podcast. Uh. I am Aiden. And I'm John. Um. Oh, uh, as always, big shout out to anybody who's listening. Uh, awesome that we have an audience, as always. Um, another big shout out to Alex, our wonderful editor, uh, who makes everything we do possible. Um, and, uh, catch us again next week, uh, with 3764 to 3873. Uh, sorry for posting that eBay link. Uh, see you next time. See ya. Oh, yes.